Welcome to Volunteer Field Notes, a podcast by Go Help Now, a nonprofit dedicated to helping volunteers find ways to help during humanitarian and disaster relief. For this podcast, we interview real volunteers who jump in and go help. We hope by sharing their story, we can inspire you to find ways to use your skills in times of need. This is Lauren, and I'll be your host. On today's episode, I interview Jordy, a new yogi friend from Washington, D.C., who spent some time in March 2023 to volunteer with JCC, the Jewish Community Center in Krakow. Jordy's been working with high school students in the States for years and was inspired by one of her students to spend her spring break serving at the center with other volunteers from all over the world. With JCC, Jordy even had the unique opportunity to lead a yoga session at the Palace in Poland to Ukrainians who are living in this temporary housing space. JCC has a robust program and serves in communities all over the world. And in Krakow, they serve the newly displaced Ukrainian community by providing food, groceries, clothing, and even some housing. It was great to hear how JCC and Jordi were able to help others, and I hope you'll enjoy hearing about one of the centers serving Ukrainians every day. All right, so we are now recording. Yes, so exciting. It feels very official. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So I'm I'm really excited that you said yes to chatting with me today about your experience in Poland recently helping Ukrainians. And, oh yeah, I should probably tell everyone who's listening who you are and why we are talking today. So hit it, Jordi. Tell me who you are. Hi, okay. (laughs) My name is Jordi Rosenman, and I am so glad to be here talking about this because, as I was telling you, like, since I've been back, it's really all I've wanted to talk about um and I am a college counselor in in my regular day job like a college counselor for high school students and I think it's super fun that we actually met at a fundraiser event that Go Help Now did at a local bar here in town that offered their space and you know free booze to people who attended and Jordy signed up and that's how we first met yeah and it was so fun it was great yoga such good yoga. I really think that yoga kind of goes with all in, all things volunteer related. And I know yeah. that you have a little experience with that too. So I'm so excited to hear about how that worked out for you in Poland. Um, yeah, so we you met a couple months ago and then, but since then have had pretty big experiences and really haven't had a chance to chat about it. So I'm really excited to learn a little bit about what your experience is like recently with your volunteer works. When we first met, I know that you were interested in volunteering and you were trying to get situated to volunteer in Poland. So tell me a little bit about like the process, who you ended up volunteering with and how that, how that kind of settled. So that is really funny to think about like before the, I remember that and I was like so nervous. I was really, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, And I was just trying to talk to anybody that had like any experience with this. So what I ended up doing was volunteering through the JCC of Krakow, which is the Jewish Community Center of Krakow, which is a city in Poland. Um, And I found that because I actually had a, so a student who is a senior this year um, at the school where I work did this exact thing last summer. The thing that I just did, she did that with her family. And she wrote part of her college essay about it. And so I started talking to her about it like way back in the fall. And then I remember I was just like exploring options. I 
I also know somebody that did this through World Central Kitchen, and then I had found an organization called um, A Drop in the Ocean, which you and I talked mm -hmm. about a little bit. Um, but I just, I had so much information from this student about JCC that, and I had like contact info mm -hmm. and I could reach out to people and it just seemed like the clearest. And also I was very nervous. So I wanted to know like what I would be doing before I got there and mm -hmm. like where I should stay and how I, so that's how I ended up with them. Yeah, no, I think it's really helpful to kind of know what that experience is like, especially when you're like putting things on pause and taking that step to go into a place close to a war zone right. and you want to offer your help. So I don't think, I, I, I'm not sure that it would have happened if, if it wasn't for her. I mean, I may have reached out to, or it may, I may have ended up like in Warsaw because I had another contact there or, but like the, yeah, I just legitimately owe her the trip in on many levels. That's so cool. Yeah. I hope you guys had a really great chat we, did we, did we did we did and we realized like now we know the same people and i showed her my pictures it was it was wild yeah that's so cool it was the best okay so we, we you found out about jcc who is stationed well this particular one is in krakow yeah uh poland so okay so you signed up did you have to interview for this did you have to talk with someone at the jcc like how did that process yeah. how how easy was that to kind of navigate um, it was very easy, um, and it was very organized. The, the, yeah, the Krakow JCC, their Ukraine response has been phenomenal. Um, I think it's like their foremost programming right now that they're doing. They have it really streamlined. Um, they have a whole packet for international volunteers. So they did, we did a Zoom interview. We had a few emails before that, then we did a Zoom thing. And they sent us a packet um, of like exactly what we'd be doing every day, and yeah, and they were helpful even with like places to stay. And I've been to Krakow recently too, so I'm, ex I'm excited to kind of talk a little bit about that yeah. because I think it's one of my favorite places on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, and I think it's really great that they provided information about where to stay, what you're going to be doing, and stuff. So, so you went in. March. Yeah. So you signed up for two week assignments. It was just one week. It was week. my. It was the full length of my spring break. So it was eight days, including travel. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. And so we we were six days volunteering, um, which is not many. And I I was so sad to leave. I mean, I I, I wish at the least I had another week. Um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, I I would have spent as much time there as I could have. But like two weeks. It felt like two weeks would have been a good minimum. Mm -hmm. um, That's some good feedback, too. Because yeah, I, yeah. I kind of had the same experience initially when I went in, um, not with JCC, but with World Central Kitchen last oh. summer and thinking, oh, my gosh, if I had more time, it would really, it would zoom by fast, too, just because the experience is so great. You want to stay longer. Yeah. Um, yeah. One week does feel really fast. Yeah. But I know that you can do a whole lot of really important work in a week. So tell me a little bit about, like, what did your... Yeah. days look like so you, you got there and you got kind of settled into the place where you were staying and tell yeah. me a little bit about like what the work and the mission of what you did during your week yes okay and where we ended up staying was an airbnb so it oh, was cool. just it, we were in an airbnb and it was like a block away from well it was like two or three blocks away from the nice. j so we just walked there in the morning and what we did what the what they have the international volunteers doing is food um packaging repackaging because they're getting like bulk deliveries of food of a bunch of different kinds of food every day for the refugees um 
And by the way, the so 98% of the refugees that they serve are not Jewish. Mm-hmm. So this is not like a, this oh, is for everyone. Like, yeah, just the organization itself is a Jewish, is a Jewish organization. organization. Which, I mean, is that's worth a podcast episode on its own because it's really new. I think the, it has only, that building has only existed in Krakow since 2008 um, because there's a, there's a long history of anti-Semitism in Poland and the idea that you could even be openly Jewish in Poland is it depending on you know what generation you grew up in is like mind-blowing to mm. some people there still right now mm. and so that and i'm jewish and so there were just there were many layers to this trip um and it's, it's really beautiful to see the building and to see their response to what ukrainians are suffering right now um so so they get bulk deliveries of food every day and we repackaged them and then the food got distributed. So they've turned the basement into like where we, that's where we were working. And then on the first floor is the store and the store has food and clothes and some items. And there's a line of refugees every day. Um, different, the line was different lengths depending on the day. Um, but they would come in and the store is being run by, by refugees now. So like mm-hmm. a lot of Ukrainians have, have started to work at the J and also at the palace which is another place that I'm going to tell you about later um they've like become like salaried workers Mm -hmm. um which Mm -hmm. is great and it's great because they speak Ukrainian right so they so one of the reasons why we didn't work in the stores because we didn't we don't speak Ukrainian but we were working in the basement the week I was there it was there were five volunteers and then two two other people and the other people one of them was who is a refugee and he is and oh, I don't know, probably in his like, I would say 60s maybe. Um, and he he helps sort of run things there now. And the other person we were working with, her name was Lex, and she was from Spain, and she had come like in the summer. I know her. No. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it makes so much sense. I right? totally had coffee with her in March. <laughs> oh my God, no way. At the place across the street. At the, at the with all the books. The, yes. The Citat Cafe, which yes, is my yes, favorite. Yes. Oh my God. See, this is what happens when this you when you step thought. out of your comfort zone and then you go out and you do something for other people. You have the world becomes smaller, and it is it is one of the <laughs> best people. things I've ever done in my life. Like, yeah. Oh, that's which so I should also say. I mean, this is maybe is where I should say, I also I owe this trip to that student. I owe this trip to my friend Greg, who went with me. Who, like, the trip was my idea, <laughs> but in the end, if he hadn't gone, mm. I would not have gone yeah I and I'm so grateful to him it, it is really helpful when you're again something out of your comfort zone to know someone else it's like oh this is important to me too I, I catch it like I catch I understand this I want to be there too and it really does bring a bit of home with you when you're going to serve um it does make it really special and also you guys could talk about it probably forever forever and ever and ever and you had a shared experience yeah. where, you know, a lot of people, when you come home and you try to share about an experience like this, if they weren't there, I feel like you sometimes have to give like an elevator pitch. Right. Where you're like, okay, I got two minutes of your time and then you're going to lose interest. But right. when you have that shared experience with other people, then they will listen forever. And that's honestly one of the reasons I started the podcast. Cause I was like, volunteers need to talk about this experience yeah. and other people interested in volunteering want to hear more than two minute elevator pitch, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Truly, it was like a thing that I just thought about in my head and didn't really think was going to be... I never thought I would go to Poland in my life. Yeah. But I did. Yeah, you did. I did. So, 
much of the work for people who didn't speak Ukrainian, it sounds like, was repackaging some of the bulk food and getting it ready for the store that's right. upstairs, right? Right. And so, uh-huh. and so here's what else I would say about that. Like, it was very strange um, because it was because it wasn't scary, because it was fun. Like, we had a lot of fun, right? We're, we're seven people in, in this basement, like, listening to playlists, like, you know, chatting, packing food for, for hours. And, um, and because, I think also because it's a year in, well, now it's over a year into the war, um, it just, two things. Because we didn't speak Ukrainian and because we actually weren't allowed to ask to ask people about their experiences of the war, you know, it, we were felt so removed from the urgency of the situation. Like we saw this line of people, we get, it, it was, it was very, even being there, it was like very hard to actually process what they were like, the reasons for all this, right? We were not near a war zone. I mean, I guess geographically we were, but like, you know, it, 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 you would have never known. Mm-hmm. Um, like here we are having a great time in Krakow and so it's very strange. Like, the situation is turning into maintenance, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's so beautiful to see what Poland, like, Poland's response mm-hmm. to this war mm-hmm. is so overwhelmingly competent and compassionate. Like, I think I, I didn't think countries could do that that well, right? Like, it's, it's, yeah. it should be, a, everyone should look at this and, like, see something, right? You, you like you, you see the line of refugees and you're like this this organization is amazing what they're doing that they're still doing it right mm-hmm. and the whole country the whole country everywhere in, in Poland and then you're like oh my god they're still doing it like yeah. it's absolutely insane and I think this might be a good segue to to what we did this one day at the, at the palace. oh yeah I want to hear about, about it yeah no I, and I don't even know what the palace is so please do share a little bit about what okay. that is uh, tell me about the palace and because you mentioned that before this place called the palace and yeah. is it connected to the jcc yeah, yeah, yeah. okay tell me yeah. a little bit about what that is i wish like i wish the podcast listeners could see pictures um oh oh the palace has a facebook page okay, okay. There can be oh yeah maybe i can put in the show okay. notes or something okay yeah cool um the palace is an actual palace um from like you know some other century um probably in like krakow? In, it's 25 minutes outside of krakow okay we took a train there the day we went it's in a town called skavina um it, it was a, it was a many layered trip for me because because my ancestry is Polish and because of the Jewish history of Poland mm. and then because of of Ukraine like it was so it was like a, so much every day, um, and Skavina the train station like apparently was like one a last stop before Auschwitz so, mm. so 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 there's that and then and then today it's like it's like other side of the coin. Um, and so it's a palace and the JCC is using it currently to house 80 refugees at a time who have fled Ukraine and, um, it's all women except for, I think there were one or two men there, but it's all mothers and children because the men can no longer leave Ukraine. So on the day that we went to the palace, because we didn't speak Ukrainian, they were like, you need to think of activities you can do that don't involve English. And I was like, I can teach a yoga class. Um, and that was, ah. so that was, I, you know, I'm so grateful for that opportunity. Um, and so I, I taught a yoga class and then we did art. We made art projects with the kids and we, we got to, we got to talk to a lot of people, um, 
a lot of it was, you know, quite broken. Um, but there were two teenagers that we met that day who spoke English really fluently. Mm-hmm. And one of them, like, translated for me while I was teaching yoga. And then another one, yeah, we got to talk to quite a bit. And so we spent, like, four and a half hours there that day, which is not a lot of time. But it was so meaningful. I... I I was astonished when we left at, like, how difficult it felt to leave mm-hmm. them. And I think it's partly because I couldn't believe, like, the amount of, of connection that, like, four and a half hours could mm-hmm. produce. And partly because we went, you know, we had come, we had done stuff, we were leaving, and it just felt like surely there should be something more we can give mm-hmm. them or mm-hmm. do or, like, just... Mm-hmm. And I think they felt that, too. And, yeah... I think overwhelming is a good word to describe mm. a lot of the week in Poland. And I think, too, and I, I kind of I get what you're saying, because, you know, in these situations, in the service role or in a volunteer role in, in a crisis situation, you go there and you say, okay, what can I do to be helpful? And so you end up doing things that you don't know what your day is going to look like, and you end up doing things. But the reason that we all are doing yoga or packing food or making sandwiches or whatever the task is is for the people and for the humans that get get fed by this or that get helped by this and I think one of the things that I I find really meaningful is that this is a really hard time in their life this is probably one of the this is probably the worst thing they've ever been through and by showing up and giving your 100% even in that four hours you become a part of their survival story and in a way they also become a part of your your story and even knowing that you're never going to see that person again just that the gratitude that you can have and knowing that you gave it all yeah. and hopefully you help to get them into a better situation maybe for that day or maybe for that week or get them you know yeah get them what they need I understand yeah. that that it's a hard to put your finger on kind of yeah. gratitude yeah. and heaviness yes all at the same time yes exactly and they, they made such an impression on us um the kids especially like the the... oh I was thinking like you said something just now about like the nature of helping people and I um actually have like uh written a a piece about this like mostly about the palace so if that ever gets Mm -hmm. anywhere I'll I'll let you know and like maybe people can because I'm (laughs) I'll be more articulate there than I am here um but uh I was thinking about like how you know how tricky it is to think you can help someone and, um, and Greg, my friend that I was there with, like, as we were leaving that day, he had, like, he had, like, really bonded with this little girl who, um, was just, like, exuberant and, like, full of life and jumping around everywhere and, like, you know, charming everyone. And, and, like, when we left, she was really sad and he, like, he, like, got on his knees so that she could, like, hug him on, on we were, they were all on the same level. I was just thinking, like, is it is it helpful for her or like exhausting for her to have people come and mm. leave her life this way every day because it's every day groups are coming mm-hmm. every day and she's ma- you know meeting these people and like bonding with these people and then they're leaving mm-hmm. over and over and over and it's just like it's a hard question mm-hmm. we have um we 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 are pen pals with them now which is really great like we, we have the address of the palace and so we get to stay in touch um and that's great 
the other thing though about the palace is that we learned a lot while we were eating lunch with them we were um we were eating lunch with another woman and basically these three people have become like the admin of the palace mm -hmm. and then the the other woman's daughter is the therapist at the palace mm -hmm. also a refugee um and she spoke english mm -hmm. she was incredible um i mean if there's somebody that should be a therapist it's her because um, she has figured something out and she was telling us like a few things one of which is it's basically it's meant to be like transitional housing like they don't want the people to stay right, right. Um, they want them to think of it as like a step to the more mm -hmm. permanent like new thing and 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 she was saying like it's really hard for people even to wrap their heads around you know and especially in the earlier parts of the war like the people who had it the hardest are, were the ones who thought like soon I'll go back to Ukraine mm. and soon I'll be able to go back and this is temporary right mm -hmm. and she's like and the ones who do the best are the ones who who the faster they get to thinking like okay I'm here at the palace I'm gonna get a job I'm gonna get a new house like which I can't even imagine mm. the the rupture mm -hmm. you know um and so that was interesting to hear That's about I was going to say it's awesome that they have someone as a therapist working in that situation. I don't know of many other organizations that are serving kind of, I guess, on the front lines or, you know, if people as they exit Ukraine. I don't know many other organizations that have Ukrainian-speaking therapists ready and available yeah. to talk with people about their experience. I bet that's, yeah. that's very unique. Yeah, and, wow. and, you know, and the kids go to her, and she has a, there's a little dog there. Like, she's using oh, a dog also as part of the, the program, and it, it's cool. really amazing what they have going on. Um, I just thought it was, like, pretty wild to think mm -hmm. about, like, framing your thoughts around that, and, and I imagine I would have a really hard time mm -hmm. thinking that it was not temporary. Mm -hmm. um, and the only other thing I wanted to say was... Oh, yeah. So if there are 80 people in the palace at a time, you know, I'd say we saw, like, maybe 30, 40. And she, she at one point, she was like, remember, like, you're seeing the people who have really made an effort here to come to come outside of their rooms and, like, do something ah, today. It's like the other ones are in their rooms. And even just among the people that we met, like, the variations of feeling were pretty... It, what it felt like to me was that, like, maybe depending on like how recently pe mm -hmm. a person had arrived there mm -hmm. like you know such different stages for mm -hmm. everybody mm -hmm. and mm. just it just i don't know like a reminder to be like t not to think that like what i can offer anybody i don't really know right mm -hmm. i don't want to go in thinking like here's this thing i can give sure. you like right. that's not really what's happening right yeah well yeah i feel like I think one of the key things about wanting to be helpful in these scenarios is realizing like what what do you know and you know yoga and so I love that they offered that up for you yeah. to come up with an activity that you know about and that's using your skills to the best of your ability which is incredible and also again just that flexibility of like okay I, I don't speak the language but what how else can I serve and knowing that these larger organizations have multi-layered opportunities for you to be useful yeah is i think really a good sign of, of an organization of, of like where to serve you know like 
You said they're yeah. very well organized. Yeah. That makes me really, you know, that, that's awesome to hear. I've, yeah. I've, you know, I've learned about the JCC as well through just, you know, other other folks and like researching it myself and looking into it. And so it's cool to hear that firsthand experience of what it's like to spend your days there and days to serve in so many different capacities. Um, yeah, I was so impressed with them. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious, like, why... So you told me a little bit about, like, the student that went had this experience and the essay that you were reading. But I'm curious, like, what, why did you want to volunteer? And why did you want to volunteer right now? Yeah, great question. Um, Important question. Um, Okay, I think that, so there, it's, like, twofold, I guess. Here's the first part. Um, For this cause specifically, like, when... Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, I pretty soon after that, I like I just knew I wanted to do something. I just wanted to like um, do something as close to it as I could. I wanted to get as close to it as I felt comfortable doing, um, which is you know again like even that is like a selfish thing to be able to say. Um, but I wanted to try. And I, you know, I think a lot of people, we always feel like that when you hear, like, when you hear about, like, Afghanistan or, like, any number of things that are happening. Like, I want to do something. Like, I don't, I don't want to just give money. I want to, like, do something, right? I often have that feeling. And I think that this, this time, this event, I felt, um, like, because of the echoes that it has to, like, World War II, like, the invasions mm-hmm. of the 20th century, um, that we just we haven't seen the like since then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with like my Jewish background and thinking about like re- the resistance to those invasions and like um, well, I just it just felt like really vital to to do that. Mm-hmm. I think like from a Jewish perspective, from a democracy perspective, from a hum- human being perspective, like yeah, um, like that, and and. So I, so I knew that I wanted to do something, like, since probably last summer, last spring, maybe. And then I just started. And I didn't think it would be, I didn't, I couldn't imagine that, like, it would become real. Um, but, like, yeah. you know, it took, and it took, it took almost a year. Definitely understand that. And I feel like a lot of people did, which is why a lot of people right. like, just it was, went or got involved. And, and none of us expected us to be here in 2023 having these conversations and knowing that there's still ways to help fully as we continue to build these relationships with organizations and with other Ukrainians we can follow their lead on rebuilding and you know when when there is victory mm-hmm. and when they have their land back how can we serve and help you as friends from the U.S. you know how yeah, what do you need to, to rebuild what do you need to take that next step so that you can flourish so Oh, that's a really, that's a really beautiful thought. I, I hope, I mean, it's so maddening to think about, like, why this is still happening and, like, how, and also, like, a, um, like, a privilege aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Even, even that I was able to go do this thing that, like, I wanted to do, like, that's a huge, like, I'm, I'm, that I even had the means to do that, right? And also, like, those means... I could have just don- donated those, right? That was something I wondered about. Um, like, the cost of the trip, like, mm-hmm. is it better just to give the money? Um, like, what is better for the people receiving it? And I, I'm i not sure I know the answer. I mean, I'm, like, 
eternally grateful to have done what I did. And I hope it, I hope it was worth it. Um, I think in some ways, and I totally understand what you're saying, and that's something that I toy with all the time. I'm kind of, I'm really wrestling with because, yes, I feel extremely privileged that in my free time I can take a trip to yeah. go to Poland and that I can afford to pay for the hotels that I need yeah. to. You know, we, I, you know, I pay for all of this out of pocket. This is not something that I take from any kind of fundraising. All the fundraising goes straight to people that need it, you know. So, yeah. you know, the fact that I'm capable of, uh, able to have this privilege it does feel very selfish yeah I think one of the things that is the weight that we now carry as people who have volunteered and the responsibility that we carry is to be ambassadors for for, for change and for more help yeah and I, I think being able to tell that story and to be able to tell other people who live similar lives to us who are you know our neighbors and friends and telling them first-hand accounts of what you've experienced and being able to validate JCC as an organization for what they do is yeah. one of the ways that you can continue to grow that stream of money coming in, whether whether you get to go again or not, or yeah. whether you just share this with someone or someone's listening now and they say, great, that sounds great. I can't make that trip, but I can give you 50 bucks. Yeah. I can give the JCC 50 bucks. I can give you know the next person, you know, the next organization that's helping people on the front lines yeah. the money. Um, and I think, and I think, I mean, that's not something that, I think that's just kind of comes with the trip. It's yeah. just, you, no, you, you've so come good. away with it. And it's like, it's you might fun. wrestle with, you might wrestle with what was the best use of your resources and time. Yeah. But I don't think that you can reproduce that easily. Um, no, I don't think so. I think, yeah, that's a really, I, that's just this week, like, you know, outside of this podcast, like I got to do like an interview with an eighth grader who's doing a service project so now he gets to hear like firsthand experience and yeah so that's yeah that's a really lovely thought and like on that note i just i could say one more sure. i just want to say like i because i said um you know i was i i mentioned like other um like atrocities that are that are happening in the world and like this one like we haven't seen the like of this since like the second world war mm -hmm. and i think that's true um in certain specific ways but i want to make sure like that it's clear that i'm not saying that one thing is more horrific than another right i at all i think that we all and it's probably a good thing like we all have like different calls right like to to our to different like individual things that resonate with us and and for me this was then this was that for mm -hmm. me but like uh, yeah and 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 hopefully then oh absolutely uh, ev we all and are I, drawn to our to yeah you know before we wrap up i yeah. want to hear a little bit more about the yoga okay i like okay so like <laughs> i i taught a yoga yeah. a few yoga sessions when i was um and shimishul Poland. We dragged out old, um, we dragged out the old cardboard boxes that the food with the bulk food was packaged in yeah. and we flattened it outside and we used them as yoga mats. Yeah. So we told some of the Polish, uh, folks who were working there that were doing the, like the, the unloading, we were like, can you set some boxes aside that look this big? And so they set them aside and then we would take a break, eat our lunch. And then I did for a couple of days, I wow. did yoga sessions with the volunteers, which was so funny because oh I have pictures of us literally standing on cardboard boxes that have been flattened. So I want to hear what did it look like and how did you, did they have mats? What did you guys do? Oh my gosh, this is a fun question. And this, if you do go to the link of the palace's Facebook page and scroll down, like probably at this point, like a lot, um, uh, then you can see some pictures and like a tiny little video of the yoga. Um, and 
There were no mats. We were... We, I remember asking if we should take them, but I think... It, it's, like, a little um, hard to make super nailed-down plans at the palace because it depends on who's going to show up uh-huh. to the things and, like, are the kids at school or not and, like, so... Um, we didn't bring mats. We were just on a carpeted floor in a room of the palace, um, like a big, lovely room with windows. And there were so it was me and Greg, and then the um, the English speaking. She was my translator, and then there were like I don't know, um, maybe a dozen women and kids that came to do it, and it was so fun. It was great. Um, they were really good at it. They were so good at it. I like stopped in the middle of the class and I was like, are you guys doing yoga every day? Like how, what is, what is this? And it turned out that one of them before the war was a, um, had been like a professional ballroom dancer. She showed me some pictures. Oh, I was wow. like, okay, yes, it makes sense. Oh like, my gosh. And I she, bet that like having the opportunity to like stretch and exercise in that way was probably I very just, meaningful. I just hope so. I just hope so because... I just hope so because I I decided like what I like maybe it's a better intention instead of saying like I'm gonna help someone I feel like for me the better thing to say is like I'm gonna try to connect Mm. and what are things that connect what are like humanizing things like yoga is one of those things like dance is one of those things like things the arts you know things I love that yeah yeah no I like that yeah it is about connecting yeah I like that I love it. I love hearing about it. It's super creative and so cool that you were able to do that. Yeah. Well, like, made it. They were, it was, could have been like a level three class. Oh, like, they were so yeah. good. <laughs> I didn't, that's not what I taught. I did not teach a level three class. I love that. We were oh, and you're like, like, okay, all right, let's pull out some harder poses now. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Well, I guess, you know, just to, just to wrap it up too, yeah. like, I'm guessing, would you, would you rec- what would you recommend to people who are thinking about... So if someone is listening and they're, like, interested in the JCC or either locally or also having a similar opportunity, what kind of... Do advice? it! <laughs> Do it! Um, I mean, incredible crew they have there. Just yeah. incredible, including, including the refugees who are running the store and cooking and baking. Um... I, my, I, what is my advice? My advice is d- dream about it, for, right? Like, think about it in your head. Um, think about, like, why, do you, why is it important to you? Talk to people. Talk to as many people as you can that you think would have anything to do with this, and you're going to find more that you know more than you ever thought that you did um, of, like, people that have had similar experiences. And that can connect you to things and like ultimately if you're able to and you want to like just do it I, it's so funny i sound like the mo- the the mom of the, my the, my 2t like who went to the um she's a chef and she went to the train station and she, i sound like her like she said to me so many times in the months leading up i was really nervous i was like scared for, for multiple reasons but you know one because i was scared of a war zone and she was like krakow is not a war she was like yeah. you're going to a lovely city like lovely stop city. Yeah. <laughs> it's an incredible city incredible yeah. people oh my gosh the food and like yeah, kebabs all over the place. So many kebabs. <laughs> I had no idea. So many kebabs. And yeah, yeah Krakow is also pierogies and and pierogies and, and so much traditional food. Yeah. Did you eat the thing, the pastry, the Trudelnik 
and it's like a... Is there sausage in it? No, but there could be Nutella in it. Oh, I didn't get this. Oh I'm going to have to go back. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. have to go back. No, I, I've had, I had so much good food. I, I walk, you know, come back from Poland both times and it's been, I've been very full. Yep. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's been a, it's a, it's a, it's a filling place, yeah, which again feels place. like a, um, a crazy thing to say, but I think it just again is a testament to the hospitality and the generosity of the people yeah. in Poland and how welcome they are of organizations establishing themselves there yeah. during this time and they are they are that was cool they are right now an example to the world yeah the whole world. Well, is there anything else that I left out? Any questions? Anything that you feel like? Yeah, if you can check out the palace page, that'd be good. And JCC Krakow has a great Facebook page, too, and you can sign mm-hmm. up for emails that are very informative. Like, they're yeah. great. Yeah. It's probably great to get some yeah. news news updates regularly, too, regardless of if you're able to go or not. Yeah. There's a lot of, I know there's a lot of, like, refugee um, help going on in Warsaw, too. I don't know as much about that, but there's a JCC Warsaw. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their Ukraine response is like, but yeah. it's there's one there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Yeah. Well, I'll say thanks, Jordy. Thanks so much for coming and for chatting. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) And thank you. And thanks for everything you're doing with your organization. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, keep going. Yeah. Keep going. going. Okay. It was so great to catch up with Jordy. Um, Even though this is an episode that we recorded in the spring, please note that there is a lot of work that can still be done with the JCC. If you're intrigued with what the JCC is doing for Ukraine, check them out at jccglobal.org forward slash Ukraine. To find a wide variety of opportunities to volunteer with partner organizations, check out our partner directory at gohelpnow.org. You can also follow us on Instagram at volunteersgohelpnow. And if you're an organization currently seeking volunteers, please reach out to us at gohelpnow.org forward slash contact us for information on creating a profile in our directory. Thanks so much for listening.